Amen. Well, good morning, church family. It's a joy to be with you this day as we celebrate our Lord and as we see our students promoted to their perspective grade levels entering into a, a whole new year of possibilities that are just ahead of them. It's, it's, a good, it's good today that we have installed our pastor to children and their families. What a wonderful thing that is. We do this out of the belief and the conviction that we are all here because Jesus came to seek and Jesus came to save. Amen. Transform lives are why we go to such lengths, having a, a ministry team of many people that we might seek and see people saved right here in this community of Christ followers. It was the mission of Jesus. It is our mission. And may God grant us the blessing of seeing many who are lost come to the saving knowledge of a, of, of a Savior that came to seek and to save. He doesn't just leave us there, but he comes to seek and to save and that we might follow him. We finish today with our Get Real series We've been looking at our calling to be relevant fishermen, engaging followers and authentic witnesses, and this week, life-giving gardeners. That's what we are to be. There are a lot of ways that we might express what it means for each of us out, uh, to reach out to others with that life-saving message of Jesus Christ, but nothing quite expresses the idea quite like gardening or farming. You ever had a garden? How'd that go for you? Some of you go, I, ain't, I don't have the green thumb. It just doesn't work. If you give it to us, we'll usually kill it quite often, right? Our symbols have been used even in this series. We've seen that Jesus desires that we become fishers of men, the idea of baiting our hooks and putting our hooks in the water and fishing where there are fish. These are all metaphorical ideas that help us with understanding how important it is to our Lord that we share our faith with others, that we, that we tell our story to those who, who we come into contact with, what he has done in our lives, leading them to eternal life in Christ our Lord. Amen? So life-giving farmers, that's what we're about this day. There was an artist, and he was seeking to depict on canvas the meaning of leading others to Jesus. He wanted to paint it. He wanted to somehow translate it from what he was seeing onto an artboard. And he painted a, uh, the painting of a storm out at sea. And black clouds filled the sky and illuminated. It was illuminated by a, a flash of lightning. And a little boat could be seen uh, uh, disintegrating under the pounding of the ocean uh, off to the side. And people were struggling in the swirling waters. Their, their anguishing faces crying out for help. The only glimmer of hope appeared in the foreground of the painting where there was a large rock, a big rock protruding out of the water there, clutching desperately with both hands, was one lone seaman. It was a moving scene, and looking at the painting, one could see in the midst of the storm a, a symbol of, human, uh, of humankind's hopeless condition. And true to the gospel, the only hope of salvation is and was the rock of ages, a shelter in that time of storm. But as the artist reflected on his work, he realized that the painting did not accurately portray his subject, so he discarded that canvas and he painted another. It was very similar to the first, the black clouds, the flash of lightning, the angry waters, the little boat crushed by the pounding waves, and the crew that was struggling to survive in the water. And in the foreground, the seaman was clutching that large rock for salvation. But the artist made one change on the, the canvas that he had painted. The survivor was holding onto the rock with one hand. And with the other hand, he was reaching down 
to pull up a drowning friend. That is the New Testament picture of sharing our stories with others. Telling the truth to others about what God has done for us and being a witness to what we've seen and what we've heard. The picture is his hand reaching down to rescue the perishing. You see, until the hand is extended, there is no gospel and there is no hope for the world as we've seen in the last few days. That stems from a world of hopelessness. And until our hands reach out to others to bring them the good news, there is no gospel, there is no hope for others. And today, before we can plant, before we can water, before we can, we can spread seed, sharing the good news with those who have not yet uh, 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 believed, we must tend our soil. We must tend our soil. We must start in our own garden. Tending the soil in our lives is to recognize our own lack of concern for people who are lost. Tending our soil is to pray to our Lord and confess that seeing others come to know Jesus has not concerned me the way that it should. Tending our soil is to pray, Lord, give me the eyes of Jesus to see others. Break my heart for those who do not know, who do not know you, Lord. So convict me that I can't go a day without sharing my story with somebody. May I never miss a single opportunity to bring the life-saving message of Jesus to those who are out upon the raging sea of life, drowning in despair and moral confusion, lost at sea with no peace and no hope for a meaningful life or existence. In my community, if we will pray that, he'll do that for each one of us. If our soil is hardened and rocky, he'll break up that ground. You pray to the Lord, God, give me your eyes to see. Break my heart for those who are lost. In fact, is, let's pray that right now. Pray with me. Father, reveal to me where my heart, heart is hardened. Reveal to me where... At the very least, I get so busy with the things I'm doing that I forget to look out with the eyes of Jesus to see the blank stares, the functional addictions, the low-level drunkenness, the hopelessness that resides right here in Tehachapi. Lord, help me to see it and help my heart to be broken over it. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Now let's look at the Word, <laughs> what the Word would tell us about the life-giving gardeners. Reading from the Word today, I direct your attention to 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8, you can stay seated, but I just want to share this with you. It says, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not begrudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you and that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Father, we thank you for your word. Pin it to our hearts, Lord. If it takes time, continue to break up that ground, Lord, that I may see others the way you do. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Well, one day a, a, a farmer sat on his porch. He was smoking his corncob pipe. You won't find that in our uh, Nazarene, uh, what do we call that, manual? You won't find that in the manual. We, you know, but, but he was smoking his corncob pipe. And, and a stranger happened by and stopped and asked him this, how's your cotton coming? Ain't got no cotton was the answer. Didn't plant none. Afraid of the bull weevil. Well, how's your corn? Didn't plant none. Afraid of the drought. Well, how about your potatoes? Ain't got none. Scared of tater bugs. Well, finally, asked the stranger, what did you plant? Nothing, answered the farmer. I, I just played it safe. I just played it safe. I would ask you today, what are we planting? What are you planting? What are each of us planting? What are we scattering that is taking root and growing into, into souls for Christ? Are we planting... Or are we playing it safe? This morning we have read from 2 Corinthians 9, 6 or 8, and we, we may be some, there may be some that are thinking, hey, this particular scripture, this is kind of about like giving or, or Christian stewardship. And this is true. You see there, Paul is using an analogy of sowing and reaping. 2 Corinthians 9, 6, he says, but this I say, he who sows sparingly, it's about giving, so we know that if we give sparingly, if we sow sparingly, we reap sparingly. We, 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 don't, we don't see much in return if we, if we, don't give, if we give sparingly, we, we reap sparingly. But if we sow bountifully, if we, you ever tried to outgive God? You should try that sometime in any way, shape, or form. Try and outgive God. See how that works. Uh, we have found it to be true that it just doesn't work. So if you sow bountifully, you also reap bountifully. Now, that doesn't mean you give 10 bucks and you get 100 back. You'd be sorry if you think that way. <laughs> you can try it. Try it with your church. Keep trying it with your church. But, but I'm just telling you, it doesn't always work that way, but you can't outgive God in every way, shape, or form that we've ever tried. Lynn and I, our whole lives have been, been blessed beyond measure as we try to give the very best that we have and, and as much as we possibly can. You see, with the Word of God, analogy will work across other ideas also. So this analogy of reaping and sowing, it'll work in other ideas. So it works like this. And the analogy of sowing and reaping, if you're a student here today and you've gone up in grade and you're going you're gonna to go to junior high this week and you're going to go, or not this week, but soon, soon, right? And, and you're going to go, wow, I've got more than one teacher. Man, what is that about? That's confusing. I don't know if I like that. Well, here's the deal. If you're a student and, and studying is sowing, studying is sowing, we should not expect to get good grades if we never study. That's a principle, Correct. I know this personally. <laughs> I won't tell you which way I know it, but I know it very well. If I study, though, or sow into my education, I get a good grade. I'll reap a good grade if I study hard or if I study uh, continually or systematically. If I have a, a time and a space that I say I'm going to set aside this time to study, good grades will come, I promise. And if you need help with uh, math homework, uh, Brother Clifton will help you. He's, he, he knows what he's talking about when it comes to math. Also, if you work hard at your job each week, huh? I mean, if you take your work seriously and you, do, you go the extra mile doing what is expected, if you so hard work, you will probably at some point get a promotion or a raise somewhere in there. Reaping something good from your hard work. If you don't show up on time and if you complain about everything at work that you, that you do, you probably won't like your next review. You probably won't. 
Sowing, complaining, or being late all the time to work will reap a bad and a poor or a needs improvement review. I won't ask you if you ever had one of those. It's the principle of sowing and reaping. If you're kind to others, if you treat others with respect and honor them, sowing into them kindness, you will more than likely get kindness and respect and honor in return. You'll reap kindness. If you love and honor your wife, husbands, or if you love and honor your husband, wives, if you cherish them, serving each other, you will be loved and honored and cherished back unless you were just trying to get an extra bowl of ice cream or something along those lines. But if we love and honor and cherish one another, if we sow in, sow love and honor, you'll reap love and honor. If you give in your finances, like we said before, as God's word encourages to, if you're obedient in your giving to God, you will never be without. You will be blessed. It is a principle of sowing and reaping. If I give a little, I reap a little. If I give bountifully, I reap bountifully. Now, how about in the area of witnessing and sharing our God story? How about that? Will this principle work that way? I believe that everybody who has come to know Jesus uh, would probably say, yes, I want to be a truthful witness to others about what God has done in my life. I want to share it. I want to think about it when somebody comes into my sphere of influence. I want to share with them. I want to be a truthful witness and see others come to know Christ the way that somebody was with me. Somebody sowed that into my life, and, and I responded. That's the reaping part. But listen Hear me today, followers of Jesus, if we sow sparingly, we will reap sparingly in sharing our stories. If we witness sparingly, we will win people to Christ sparingly. When it comes to sharing our witness to others or witnessing to others about Jesus, the principle of sowing and reaping applies. If we witness bountifully, we will win people to Christ bountifully. So this morning I want to give you three, just three very simple, in the time that we have left, laws of sowing and reaping. It's something, it's something that, that life-giving gardeners should know and understand. Number one, you reap what you sow. Don't miss the what. Sometimes we run right past it. But you reap what you sow. That's earth-shattering, is it not? You said, man, I, did, I just didn't see that, just the way that you said it. Yeah, I hadn't seen that yet, but you reap what you sow. You see, this is so simple. It's something that each of us probably already understand. If you've ever had a garden, you've learned that there's something that you can count on in that garden. I'm not talking about weeds, (laughs) but you can always count on those. Amen? I think I need to do a weed program at the house like every other month or so. Just hit them. And up on our our second parking lot, (laughs) it's like that seems to be what grows. Why can't it be a pretty plant all year long? It's mustard seed, is it not? Or mustard plant or whatever. Oh, but if you've ever had a garden, you've learned that there's something that you can count on. If you plant wheat, there's just about a 100% chance that you're not going to see turnips sprout. That's earth-shattering, is it not? If you walk up to a gardener standing in his or her garden, and you look down, and then you look at the farm, and you ask, what are you growing in your garden? And the gardener says, corn. And you say, oh, you planted corn? And the gardener says, no, I planted spinach, but I'm planting on corn. Well, th- then you, you know that he's out to lunch. <laughs> you, you know that he's, he's been working in a garden that, that, that isn't the kind of gardens that we work in. 
you might even think that he's been out in the field too long. Something is just wrong with that kind of thinking. And obviously, if you, if you plant spinach, you're going to get spinach. That's exactly how it works. And you see, it's just this simple in sharing with others about the good news. You're going to reap souls. You reap what you sow. Look at verse 7. It says, so let each one give. I'm sorry, uh, of 2 Corinthians 9. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Something that's really amazing about this family of God, this Tina's family of God, is that our Tina, this church here is very giving. I have not found it not to be a giving type people. God's people's heart, they, they give from their heart. They give of their tithes and their offerings consistently and their time and their talents. They give that also. And Julie's going to want to talk to you about children's ministries. Are you ready? I won't have you raise your hands. She'd try to like me to do that. She's going to take a picture. There we go. But the time and talents that we give and the love and acceptance of others, that most who attend faithfully and call Tina as their home, most have already found, like in verse 7, speaking to finances, that to sow bountifully in your finances, that is giving your tithes and your offerings, that to do as God leads you to do in giving financially to your church, that God blesses you bountifully in so many different ways. You see, this is the principle that many of the local community of faith have already found to be true, that that's exactly the way that it works. And, and the principle also works in other areas of our Christ-following experience. That as we share our story, as we tell the good news, as we, as we tell people what God has done for us in our lives, we, don't, we, we, we reap what we sow. We don't reap what we haven't sown. And if we're growing carrots and we think celery's coming up, we are fooled. But if we want souls for God's kingdom, then we must sow into souls because, number one, we reap what we sow. Not only do we reap what we sow, number two, we reap after we sow. We don't just reap what we sow, but we reap after we sow. Here's something that we must remember about sowing and planting. For all of uh, the, the, the people that share our story, that we share our stories with, those that we do share the good news with, they don't all believe and they don't all trust in Christ as soon as we share with them. Not everyone that you share with will immediately decide that they want Christ in their lives. I'll never forget my uncle from my dad's side came to a from Ohio to California, and we'd been praying for him, praying for him, very evangelistic church. We wanted him to receive the Lord, and he came to a church service that night, and I remember the, the altar call was made, and he made his way to the altar, and they were praying and praying, but he would not receive. He would not receive the Lord, and he eventually jumped up and walked out the back of the church and rejected the message that was given to him that day. I was heartbroken as a, as a young junior high kid. I had never seen anybody reject the good news of Jesus. But the point is, is not everybody's going to receive at the very first planting of that seed. We will not see everyone that we share with come to know Jesus right then and there. 1 Corinthians 3, 4 through 6 says it this way, For when one says, I am Paul, of Paul, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul and who is Apollos but ministers through who you believed as the Lord gave to each one? 
And then in verse 6 it says, I planted, Paul speaking, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. You see, if we go back to the same gardener standing in his field and we ask, what are you doing out here? And he says, I'm waiting for my crop. I'm waiting for my corn to come up. And we say, so you planted corn? And he says, nope, didn't plant anything, just waiting for it to come up. It just doesn't work that way. We reap after we plant. We can wait all day. We can wait all year for someone to receive Christ. But if we don't plant or water, it'll never happen. And there will be times when all we get to do is water. Or all that we get to do is plant a seed in someone's life. Paul says, I planted. Apollos watered. But God gave the increase. But you see, in order to be a part of God's increase, we must plant. We must use that analogy. We must share our story and plant those seeds, water those seeds. Many that I've known just uh, uh, must have grown up just across the state line where Lynn and I uh, lived for 20 years. It was over across that state line from Kansas. You know, you see uh, Missouri. It's the, it's the show-me state. And what we might be tempted to do is to say to God, well, I want to be a witness for you. I want to share my story. I want to take part in seeing others come to know you, Lord. Would you just bring them to me? Would you just make it happen? I need to see it first. Show me, Lord. We do that with our finances mostly. Lord, I can't, how can I possibly afford to tithe? You know, I, you're going to have to show me. You gotta, I need a raise. Lord, if you'd give me a raise, I could tithe. Right? Show me, Lord. I need to see some come and accept your good news. Oh, how I want to be an instrumental in winning people to Jesus. But I want to see it first, Lord. I want to see it happen. That's just not the principle of sowing and reaping. In other words, you reap after you sow. There's no shortcuts. There, there are so many today that want to see it first. Show me, Lord. But before they start doing whatever the, that God desires them to do, but the truth is you reap after you sow. And the fact is, in many cases, you will only water or you will just plant. Because as Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. John 4, 35 through 38 says this, Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? There are still four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. He who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together, for in the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labors. You see, we are all in this together. It's not Lone Ranger out there. You don't do ministry by yourself, Julie. None of us do. God wants us to plant seed, to water, and then to, when the opportunity is in front of us, that we harvest that we actually share with someone the gospel of Jesus. And it's this, it's absolutely this simple. It's as simple as this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that 
Whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. That's how simple it is. I don't know what to say. I bet you learned that. I bet you learned that verse when you were five. For God so loved the world. It's the, it's the gospel story in one verse. I think that we often make it too difficult for people. Our story is this. We were lost. We are lost in life because there is something that separates us from God, and that is sin. And if we or those that we're sharing with, that, that, that we're witnessing to, if they will confess their sin, God is faithful and just to forgive their sin. That if they will confess with their mouth the Lord Jesus, that Jesus is God, and believe in their heart that God raised him from the dead, they will be saved. That's how simple the gospel is. But if we want to see people receive it, a seed must be planted and a seed must be watered. And when the time comes that someone receives Jesus as Lord and Savior, whoever harvests that soul or reaps that person, we all will join with whoever it is that reaps and harvests that person for Jesus. The word says that both he who reaps and he who sows Rejoice together, for it is not Paul or Apollos or you or me, but God who gives the increase. So number one, we reap what we sow. Number two, we reap after we sow. And number three, we reap more than we sow. If you plant, if, if you sow, you'll return, your return is always going to be more than what you planted. If you plant watermelons... You will not just see one watermelon come up. From the one seed comes many. From the one seed planted comes many, many more watermelons on the vines. This is a principle of sowing and reaping. This is how God's economy works. You always get back more than you planted. Can you imagine what kind of trouble we'd be in? If you went to the store and grabbed yourself a stalk of corn, and when you shucked that corn down, there was only one kernel. I think you'd want your money back. Gardeners or farmers would go out of business at the first harvest, but in God's design, we will always get back more than we gave. John Chapman as he traveled across the American frontier, he'd sing a familiar song. I was going to see if I had it. I think I'll play it for you. The Lord is good to me, and so I thank the Lord for giving me the things I need. The sun and rain and an apple seed, yes, he's been good to me. Do you remember that song? I remembered it right away. I remember the cart. We went and watched the cartoon last night. I came home. I was singing the song. The Lord's been good to me, and so I thank the Lord for giving me the things I need, the sun, the rain, the apple seed. The Lord's been good to me. Oh, have our, have our, our cartoons changed? Millions of people worldwide in many languages in the 21st century know at least the chorus to that simple mid-18th century prayer song named after a simple American nurseryman named John Chapman, nicknamed Johnny Appleseed. He's best known for promoting apple orchards on the 
then frontier of the new country of America, Johnny Appleseed was even more devoted to sharing his understanding of the gospel to everyone with whom he came into contact with. He said that his Bible was his favorite book. Favorite book in the world. And whenever he went, he read it out loud from it. He told of its stories to the frontier families. He lodged with and preached the gospel as he understood it. He considered himself first and foremost a missionary and secondly a nurseryman and nearly 175 years have passed since his death. And still today his words of faith influence millions of people. What a spiritual legacy of a guy running all over the frontier land with a sack of seeds planting his apple trees What can we as Christians learn from the apple guy about the principles of telling our God story that will bear fruit to many generations to come long after we're gone? Well, first is this. He was committed to sharing the gospel everywhere at any time with anyone as part of his everyday life. He did not presume that it was for others to do or that he should set aside particular parts of his day or life for spiritual things. He lived and he shared his faith before the world that he walked through. Second, he devoted himself to the Word of God and he actively and consistently shared it with others. He he was said to be fond of saying that a day without the Bible was like a day without air, food, or water. And third, he understood that his God story communicated truth more powerfully, memorably, and persuasively than mere rationale, evidential, or even factual verbiage. You see, Johnny Chapman Appleseed lived the ideas that you reap what you sow, that you reap after you sow, and that you reap always more than you sow. Let me ask you this morning... What are you sowing? Are you sowing bountifully? Are you sowing sparingly? There's a Tehachapi community and beyond that someone will harvest one day if you and I will but plant or water. Life-giving gardeners planting and watering and rejoicing together as God gives the increase. Stand with me, will you? Father, these are your people. They're great people. And Lord, great people get really busy with our everyday lives. We don't even have to disrupt our everyday lives, Lord. We just need you to break up our own garden of care and concern for the eternal lives of others. Would you do that in each one of us, Lord? So that as we make our way through our everyday life, May we sing the song, the Lord's been good to me. And so I thank the Lord for giving me the things I need, the sun, the rain, yes, even some type of seed. The Lord's been good to me.